Good morning and welcome to the NBA Daily Ding. My name is Jared Weiss. I am joined by Keith Parrish. Keith, we had some basketball last night, believe it or not. There was some basketball. Another night of trying to decide, you know, how do I flip between NBA TV and then the TNT? Should I pause one? But then if I'm behind, I can't make good tweets about it in real time. I'm just trying to, how to juggle all the goodness in front of me. And of course, making good tweets is what we're really here for. And so let's make some good words and let's start with the Denver Nuggets. They beat the Portland Trailblazers 120 to 115. This got really close a couple times in the fourth quarter. But Jokic obviously did his Jokic thing. Jokic, I mean, he's going to win MVP. And I still feel like maybe in some people's minds, there's a doubt or like, oh, this is a regular season award for a guy who put up ridiculous regular season numbers. And now he gets to the postseason and he's posting 38 points, 34 points, 36 points. The Trailblazers have no answer. Like Nurkic played a pretty good game but could not stay out of foul trouble and then the minutes Nurkic came out I think Cantor was minus 15 in six minutes and that's kind of your ball game but I mean yeah Jokic put the team on his back and was amazing that's insane I didn't even notice that uh Cantor minus 15 I don't know how that happened Jokic uh obviously bullied people really well in this game he went eight for eight from the line and 12 for 24 from the field it was just spectacular I mean that offensive rebound he had at the very end of the game to ice it it was just kind of like the perfect encapsulation of how he's just physically dominating this Portland team yeah I mean that's a tough way to lose for the trailblazers not just the final possession with Jokic getting that offensive rebound when the trailblazers were making a final last gasp improbable rally but like death by austin rivers no one wants that like no one no one wants to go down that way like okay Jokic is gonna have his 36 he's going to be dominant we're gonna have no answer for him but if we win everywhere else we'll be cool no austin Rivers said i'm gonna score 16 points in the fourth quarter i'm gonna make four out of five threes i mean the nuggets for this game made 23 pointers that's absurd for a team that's starting uh, Compazzo and Austin Rivers. I'll just say it. it is. I mean, without Jamal Murray for this Nuggets team in their current state to knock down 23-pointers in a game is remarkable, and I think Blazers fans and the Blazers themselves got to be feeling bad about losing this one. Denver was kind of floating around that 7- to 10-point lead range for most of this game, and then Right at the early fourth quarter-ish range, Mello just went on this barrage, had you know a couple threes in a row, and that brought it down to a tie game. You know, they finally tied it, and Austin Rivers, of all people, clapping back with all those threes. It's amazing how this was a guy that was still floating around the league right before it was time for the playoffs. This was like those ball is life Instagram videos of like the summertime run in New York, like maybe during the pandemic time or like a couple years ago with Austin Rivers and uh, Carmelo Anthony just going mano a mano, trading threes back and forth. It just happened to be unexpectedly in the first round of the playoffs now. Yeah, this was basically a Black Ops run, but uh, with a few more people in attendance than usual. I got to say, as much as, you know, I, I maybe uh, don't fully respect uh, Fakuto Kunpatso, his line tonight, I mean, one, an absolute pest. Damian Lillard hates him. Trailblazers fan, they hate him. But like 11 points, eight rebounds, eight assists, two steals and a block. I mean, technically, that's a rookie. That's a rookie in a playoff game uh, coming through huge and posting a very nice, like, uh, late career Jason Kidd stat line. Speaking of Dame, so he had 37 points, 15 for 30 from the field. 
Uh, only one turnover, which is very impressive for someone who's throwing the ball around as much as he does. Uh, actually, Portland only had seven turnovers in this game, which is remarkable. But so Dame, as great as he was, there were a few big threes that he launched at the very end of this game that clang. Same with CJ. Obviously, it's like, yeah, if those guys have to shoot like 60% from the field, they want to win. But that's how close this game did get. It was really the best players getting some good looks and missing them that cost them. Yeah, once again, I just feel like the Trailblazers have to feel like this game got sort of away from them. The Nuggets, I don't think at any point were kind of playing their, their best ball. They moved Jokic to the perimeter more this game, which I thought was a good move to maybe try to get him spaced out so Portland couldn't collapse on him all the time. But then just every time it felt like the Trailblazers would make a run, to have an unexpected guy knock down a three-pointer, it, it seemed backbreaking. And I know this series is still very, very even, could go either way, but Trailblazers fans, you know, you wish you got a little more down the stretch from Dame and CJ, who've been in these big situations before, and then you got to be kicking yourself that the Nuggets could pull through with Jokic and some guys you maybe wouldn't expect to carry the load. Denver's up 2-1. They have now taken a game in each arena, and uh, I think this one's probably going to go to the distance. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's head out to Staples where the Lakers won to take the series lead two to one. They beat the Phoenix Suns 109 to 95. Anthony Davis looks like he's okay. He went 11 for 22 from the field, 12 for 14 from the line. He had 34 points, 11 boards and more offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, Anthony Davis has stepped up the last two games after kind of laying an egg in game one, going for at least 30 points and 10 boards in both of those games. And if you're getting that 30 and 10 production from Anthony Davis, I think these are the defending champs that I think most people have feared. Yeah, because, you know, DeAndre Ayton had a really nice game. He had 22 and 11, moved the ball nicely. I mean, it's amazing how much he's grown as a as a uh, as someone who you can throw it into and then he's going to just quickly kick it out to a uh, perimeter player. He's made so many improvements, but obviously without Chris Paul being healthy, he clearly was not healthy. He played 27 minutes, only at seven points. And Devin Booker, who fouled out of this game, and got ejected from this game. Um, really a super weird ending where he committed a flagrant two on uh, Dennis Schroeder, who then, of course, did knuckle push-ups after getting tossed to the ground, which was pretty great. But, you know, Phoenix was just completely out of sorts while AD was in full control, and LeBron seemed to just be kind of playing with the team as he wanted to. I got to say, fouling out with a flagrant two is the most stylish way uh, to exit your game. I don't think there's going to be any further punishment for him, but what did you think of that play where initially I thought like Schroeder really oversold it, but then like you see the replay, it's like, no, I mean, it was a legit two-hand shove while he was airborne, and it, some players were saying online through social media, kind of a dirty play. Like, what did you think of that one? 
Yeah, it definitely was a dirty play. It was pretty obvious that he was mad and he was shoving Schroeder. I mean, they've been getting into it with him all series long. Everyone's been getting into it with Dennis Schroeder ever since he got to the NBA, right? Um, we talked about Pest before. I, mean, I feel like he is the ultimate one, and he really relishes that role. But this the consequence. Some, sometimes guys get pissed off, and they throw you on the ground. And thankfully, he was able to just roll it off and knuckle push up it off. But I wouldn't punish Booker for it. It's like, yeah, he got hit with a flagrant two. Leave it there. It wasn't that dangerous of a shove. It wasn't like he went for the neck or took his legs out. He just shoved them. So I'd probably just leave it at that. Yeah. As far as DeAndre Ayton's strong play, like DeAndre Ayton for the series now is 82% from the field, 32 for 39. I mean, obviously he's shooting mainly close to the basket, but he's been very dominant. He's making a little bit of a leap. I mean, he's one of these young guys like Devin Booker, like Trey Young, like John Morant, who's really kind of storming onto the scene in this playoff series. And he's doing everything he can. And at this point, it's kind of weird. It's like, the Suns need to get DeAndre Ayton some help. And I felt like that wasn't the storyline anyone was thinking about coming into this series. You thought the strength of the team is going to be Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Uh, and then you're not so sure maybe of how, how Ayton would hold up. But he's been incredible. They've had trouble uh, making three-pointers and getting production from their other guys. Well, the thing is, as good as Ayton's been, he isn't really affecting the rim at the level that they need him to. I mean, Truda just did such a great job attacking the uh, the rim and finishing on just kind of like blown coverages by Phoenix. And then LeBron had some crazy dunks. He missed a bunch of them. They think AD missed a few of them. I mean, this game was hideous. Aesthetically, it was just absolutely terrible. Um, but it was obviously from a narrative perspective so fascinating because it's, you know, the Lakers establishing, yeah, they maybe really are contenders after all. And what I love was I thought Kyle Kuzma had a great game, even though he shot two for 12 from the field. But his rebounding and his passing were really impactful. I liked a lot of what he did defensively. Once again, the Lakers supporting cast is who it's someone different every night, but they are coming through, which is important because KCP had to leave this game with injury also. It's really interesting that Vogel has used all of the top 13 rostered players so far in this series, where he's kind of done it a little bit different each game, which players have come out the last two games in the victories. You have Mark Gasol finally coming off the bench. But and I agree wholeheartedly about Kuzma. You know, despite the shooting, he was just a spark plug and energy guy, keeping balls alive on the offensive glass and just being a nuisance out there. And when you say this game was kind of ugly or kind of rough to watch, in those games like that, you need a Kuzma. You need a guy doing all the dirty work even if his shooting line looks bad you know on the score sheet he was doing a lot of great work out there no it's funny how the guy that was kind of a one-dimensional scorer that everyone thought was overrated uh early on in his game a career has evolved his game to be more of a scrappy hustle guy yeah, absolutely. And then on the flip side, I think the Suns were depending on maybe some playoff experience from Jay Crowder. And Jay Crowder, I mean, he made his last three-pointer, I think, of the game to kind of make it a little exciting at the end. But this is a guy so far in the playoffs through three games, he's just two for 20 on three-pointers. So just 10% from Jay Crowder. And one of the reasons that the Suns, I think, have fallen behind 2-1 to the Lakers. I don't know how much longer this series is going to go because the Milwaukee Bucks, they beat the Miami Heat 113 to 84. And I actually didn't even realize how big of a gap it was. So I actually finished saying that. Uh, but Drew Holiday was pretty good. Drew Holiday has been everything the Bucks hoped he would be so far in the playoffs through these three games against the Miami Heat in a series. I think everyone thought was going to be very competitive. Some people would pick the Heat. I mean, I, this is a team that 
the Heat dispatched the Bucks last year. I think they had all the confidence in the world. We were very questioning like what the Bucks would do when they showed up to the playoffs, and it has been an absolute beatdown. And leading the beatdown has been Drew Holiday through three games. His plus minus is plus eighty eight. The Bucks have outscored the Heat by eighty eight points through three games when Drew Holiday's been out there. That is cruel. Stop the punishment, Mister Holiday. That's too much. I mean, it's remarkable that the Bucks destroyed in this game and Giannis took 12 shots and seven free throws. I mean, that's they're saving Giannis for the next round. It's crazy that they're able to do that against this Heat team. The Miami Heat, when I was watching this game, the score was like the old Van Gundy, uh, Pat Riley, Knicks Heat games because the Heat only had like 70 points in the fourth quarter. I was like, what is going on? This team... We made it to the finals last year. I think most people thought come to the playoffs, we were going to get maybe a better team than we saw in the regular season. Jimmy Butler was amazing this regular season. We think he's this like alpha playoff killer, and he hasn't had it at all so far in the postseason. Bam Adebayo hasn't really produced at the level we thought they would. And again, this series I thought was going to be so good, and it has been an absolute laugher, and it does feel like it's going to wrap up really soon. Well, it looks like we're going to have the Bucks in the second round against whoever wins between the Nets and the Celtics. Who knows at this point what could happen there? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we have the Bucks and the Nets clearly in the second round matchup. And uh, Heat fans, if the Heat pull this off, well, then I am happy to eat crow on that one. That will be unbelievable. But that's not happening, clearly. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what even the Heat do from here. Uh, you start recruiting Kawhi? Do you start recruiting Chris Paul? Like, what? what's their offseason plan? The Oladipo thing didn't work out? I, I don't know. Yeah, well, they, they have to worry about paying Duncan Robinson now. Whatever it is, they'll have some fun this offseason. We'll have some fun when we see you again next week on Monday. I'll be back. So that will do it for the NBA Daily Ding. Don't forget to tip your servers. Don't forget to subscribe to theathletic.com slash ding and we will see you next time ding ding <laughs>